This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I am your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined today by the great Marcus Mosher. He can be found on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher, and he is the host of the Locked On Dynasty Podcast. Marcus, it's the end of the season, man. We're now into the offseason, but we got to look back. Did you walk away with any fantasy football championships in, uh, in 2021? Yeah, I, I appreciate you teeing me up so I can show off this awesome championship belt that I got here. That is. Uh, from Trophy Smack. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be wearing this everywhere, to the restaurants, to church, whatever. I'm this. It's uh, one of my most prized possessions in my house right now. So that's right. You got to put that like nightly in like your safe and everything like that. Like keep it, keep it locked away. Make sure it doesn't. I, I have it at the end of my bed. So just like go. my wife will con- can congratulate me every single night. For it, so. <laughs> I'm sure that that goes over super well. It would, well, it would I, in my house. I, I beat her in uh, one of the semifinal rounds. So it, it really, really doesn't go over. Okay. Well, so. Okay. That's even, that's even worse, <laughs> man. That, <laughs> all right. Well, Hey, before we get into the content today and we've got a lot to get to and we need to fly so before we get into that though and taking a look at some of the dynasty running back rankings want to remind everyone that we have a giveaway going on courtesy of our friends at pristine auction that is a Najee harris signed jersey again this is courtesy of our friends at pristine auction all you have to do to enter into this giveaway is go over to youtube.com slash fantasy pros and hit the subscribe button that's all that you have to do then go over to fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest Fill out the short form there, attach a screenshot of your review, and you can be entered. Again, that is uh, youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Hit the subscribe button and then fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest. Additionally, do you want to make sure that everyone knows about our Discord channel over at fantasypros.com slash chat? This is free for everyone to access. However, only our premium subscribers get access to dozens of extra channels, including AMAs and Discord stages. There is a ton of stuff for you to stay busy on in the offseason and talk with a ton of other people who are super passionate about fantasy football. Again, that is fantasypros.com slash chat. Make sure to check it out. 
All right, Marcus, let's get rolling here, man, because we got a lot to unpack as we take a look at your top 20 dynasty running back rankings. So what we're going to do here and the way that we're going to structure this is we will just go from 20 to 16, then we'll do 15 to 11. We'll work our way all the way from 20 down to one. So let's take a look here and give me the names here at 20 through 16, and then we'll talk about some of the noteworthy names in there. Yeah, I just want to preface this by saying these are still changing, right? And they're going to change all offseason long. So I, I, and I'm open for debate. So if you think I'm too high or too low on somebody, please, please chime in. But uh, I really think there's a tier. And we'll start with 20 through 18. It's Ezekiel Elliott, David Montgomery at 19, Josh Jacobs at 18. I feel like those guys are all kind of the same, right? Like they're all the bell cow on the running back. Maybe they're not the most explosive players. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, all these guys are a little bit older, but uh, I feel like those guys are all fairly safe week to week as kind of bell cow guys as a solid RB2. Okay, so that was Ezekiel Elliott, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, and then give me uh, 17 and 16, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, and these next two guys are upside guys. It's Cam Akers at 17. It's Elijah Mitchell at 16. Mitchell obviously coming off a really strong rookie season. Cam Akers coming off the, the torn Achilles. Uh, those guys have a little bit more upside. They're in better offenses, uh, and that's why they're ranked just a little bit higher than people like Jacobs and Montgomery. Of course. So let's take a look at that first name on the list that you talked about at number 20. That's Ezekiel Elliott. And I think that a lot of people are going to have questions about him being at RB20 in your rankings. And and I guess necessarily it's something where there's a, a wide disparity on Ezekiel Elliott and how to value him in Dynasty. So my question for you is, is this the time to completely jump ship with Ezekiel Elliott, right? Like you mentioned, he's a bell cow back. He's still going to be a safe option. But if you can find someone who is still valuing him as a low-end RB1, a high-end RB2, is this a time where you jump ship and you just say, like, I think the end is near as far as his top-tier fantasy production? Absolutely. And, I mean, it's also time to look at his contract, right? He's got a big cap number in 2022, and then after that, the Cowboys can get out of his contract pretty easily. So if he's not in Dallas, is he going to get the same workload that we're used to seeing? Is he going to get the touchdown potential? Probably not. And we've seen Kyle over the last two years – Body's starting to break down. He's he's missing time. He's not getting the same workload that we're used to seeing. In the last 12 games of the season, he averaged 12 carries a game. That's not RB1 numbers. And if you're not breaking big runs and uh, doing a lot in the passing game, you're barely in RB2. So, yeah, if you can trade him for a, a, you know, a borderline RB1, do that in a heartbeat. Well, it's interesting. And like I mentioned, there's going to be a, a wide discourse here on Ezekiel Elliott as we head into this offseason because people are going to look at how he finished this year. You mentioned everything like the he didn't eclipse 12 carries or whatever or average that like didn't eclipse 52 rushing yards like for the majority of the latter half of the season, like really just was living on touchdown production. And he finished as the RB six and half PPR scoring. So a lot of people are going to look at that and say like Ezekiel Elliott still has a lot in the tank. He can still be a top tier contributor. But when you take a, a deeper look into it, I think that this RB 20 ranking is justified. I think that it's a little bit lower than I personally have him. However, at the same time, like if this is an opportunity where you can find someone in your league who is willing to bet that he is still going to contribute at a very high level, this might be the time to bail. The other guy that I wanted to talk about in this tier is Cam Akers, right? And I think that we have to talk about Akers because it is very difficult to evaluate him going into next year. It's crazy that he is back and playing, that he, uh, six months removed from a torn Achilles. It's insane that he is on the field. And so my question for you is with Cam Akers, what do you expect this backfield to look like in 2022? We had Sony Michelle. It sounds like, I think he's a free agent. So it doesn't sound like he is going to be back with the team, but you got Daryl Henderson who showed flashes. What do you think this backfield looks like in 2022? 
I first want to start by saying Cam Akers has a, had a really interesting run over the last year. So at one point in the offseason before the torn Achilles, his ADP was like 10 overall. And then it went way down, obviously, after the injury. And now it's started to kind of creep back up. And with him being back on the field, uh, you know, for the end of the regular season and now for the playoffs, I'm just not that afraid of taking him and playing him anymore. I, I think, as you mentioned, Sonny Michelle is a free agent. Darrell Henderson's going into the final year of his deal. Um, I, this is Cam Akers' backfield. He's the most talented guy on that team. And I think Sean McVay, with a full offseason of him being healthy, is going to lean into him being the, the RB1 there. I think it's going to be really interesting to see where his ADP settles as we kind of get into like startup draft season, right into February and March. Like what exactly do we see Cam Akers' ADP settle out as? Because if he stays around this range, right? If he stays at RB17, I think I've got him around there too in my rankings. Like if he stays around there, that's a value. You get Cam Akers as the RB2 on your dynasty roster. I think that that is a screaming steal. Let's move into that next tier. So let's take a look at RB15 through 11 in your running back rankings. Walk me through 15 through 11. Yeah, so at 15, we've got Saquon Barkley, and I know that's going to be lower than what everybody else has Barkley, and I get it, and we can get into that. But 14 is J.K. Dobbins, another running back coming off an injury. 13 is Aaron Jones. 12 is Joe Mixon, and then 11 is Antonio Gibson. Okay, so we got to talk about Saquon Barkley, <laughs> and I want to I want to spend some time here because you mentioned like you think that's going to be lower than where a lot of people got him. I've got him at RB sixteen in my dynasty ranking, so this is like right where neck and neck here as far as with Saquon Barkley, and I think that. When you ask the average dynasty player, hey, do you want Saquon Barkley on your roster? They're probably going to be like, no, I really don't want to have him on my roster because they, they, if they did have him this past year, they know how absolutely brutal it was. So we know the talent level. We know what Saquon Barkley can be. My question to you is, what is it going to take for Saquon Barkley to jump back into the top 10 of your dynasty running back rankings? Is it, we got the coach out of the way. You know, we got the GM out of the way. Yeah. Is it a new quarterback? Is it a new offensive line? Like, what is it going to take for Barkley to make that jump back up into the top 10? Honestly, Kyle, probably a change of scenery. And it doesn't sound like that's not impossible. Uh, we saw John Mara the other day just say, um, yeah, the contract situation for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley is not settled in stone. And the new GM is going to get to decide that. I think Barkley just needs to go somewhere else, somewhere with a more established offensive line, with a more established offense. If he could go, I don't even have a team that I could think of right now, right, but right. somewhere else where he doesn't have to be, you know, the focal point of the offense. I, I think I think he could do that. But over the last, oh, I don't know, three years now, we've seen somebody who's averaging 41 rushing yards a game. 41. That's really not a guy that should be in your starting lineups at all. If this guy was Joe Schmo and that was – uh, he right. didn't have the, the second overall draft capital. He'd be on our bench and he might even be on your waiver wire. So I, I think we're just giving him a lot of respect because of what he's done in the past. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if his ADP and his ranking falls even farther than this over the next couple of months. He's just he's not somebody that we can rely on at all at running back. It seems like we are completely just relying on what Saquon Barkley did in his rookie season, right? Yeah. Like with Eli Manning as his quarterback and just soaking up targets out of the backfield. And now really the the rushing production has not been there. The The target volume hasn't been there with Daniel Jones, even though we've had so many of the receivers in and out of the lineup for for New York. Like it just hasn't been there for Saquon Barkley. And even there are times where you you watch Saquon this year and you're like, he doesn't look like Saquon. He doesn't look like the same the player that we had 
in what was that 2018 his rookie class like that's his rookie year it's just not the same so I do think that you're correct that for him to make that jump back up into the top 10 at my running back rankings for dynasty purposes it's going to take a change of scenery and without the guarantee of that happening at least for the foreseeable future he's got to stay in this range where he's a decent RB2, someone that you can take the shot on to see if things can change, if things can rebound here heading into 2022, but not someone that I want as the RB1 on my dynasty rosters. The next guy that I want to highlight on this list that you provided in this tier is Joe Mixon. And Joe Mixon being at RB12 is a little interesting to me because honestly, I've got him up at RB5 in my dynasty okay. rankings. So huge difference here as far as our perceptions on Joe Mixon from a dynasty perspective. So I think it's interesting. A lot of people are going to point to that and say he finishes the RB3 overall in half PPR scoring. So I just want to hear your thoughts. Why is he down here at RB12 in your dynasty rankings? I have no problem with anybody ranking him high because he actually has been pretty consistent over his career. He already has three years of 1,400 or more scrimmage yards. Just we're getting up into that aged group where he's going to be 26 next year. Uh, he has dealt with some injuries before and you just worry about a guy like that starting to break down. And if the Bengals find a complimentary player with him this offseason uh, to maybe spell him a little bit, uh, it's really more of an age thing rather than a talent thing because I think Joe Mixon is really good and he's in a really good offense. Yeah, I think that's going to be interesting to watch what happens here with this Bengals offense. I talked about this, I think, with Pat on the on the show earlier this week when we were talking about Joe Burrow. It's like with this offense, you've got the wide receiver position set. You've got the running back position set you can invest in the offensive line now. Like you don't have to take any of the assets here. Maybe you add in a complimentary piece or maybe Chris Evans who takes a step forward in that backfield. Maybe he steps forward and is that complimentary piece, but I don't know if they necessarily have to allocate a ton of resources to any of those positions because that offense is set moving forward. Maybe the offensive line, you, you pour some more resources into there and that can only help Joe Mixon. So really interesting there as far as I, the I have no problem. I have no problem with him. People ranking him high because I think like next year in 2022, he's going to smash again. It's just how sure. many more years do we have top five, top six production? I, I, my guess is probably just one more before he kind of hits that running back cliff. But uh, again, I might be a little bit too low on him. No, for sure. I, I, so the last guy in that tier that you mentioned is Antonio Gibson and Gibson's an interesting one to me because I think if we had seen him fully healthy for the entire year, uh, getting that workload that he had at the, in the, you know, towards the end of the season, I think this guy can be a, a top five running back next year. And for the foreseeable future, just a question of, is he going to get that workload? next year right are they going to bring in someone else's jd mckissick that was with mckissick sideline you know like is mckissick going to stay around are they going to bring someone else into that backfield his ranking is kind of all over the place you've got him at 11 i've got him at seven i don't know if there's necessarily a ton to ton to break down there so let's move on to that next year go ahead and give me your running backs 10 through 6 yeah and it's a, a lot of guys that are very similar so it's derrick henry nick chubb and those guys are we could talk about together and then it's Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler, and then Javante Williams at number six. Okay, so we will get to Javante Williams. Don't you worry, Probably. listening yes. to this podcast. Don't worry, we will talk about Javante Williams. I want to take a second, though, and talk about Derrick Henry, right? Because Henry, it's again, he's coming back, and we should see him on the field here for the, the NFL playoffs. So we're going to get a glimpse of how dominant Derrick Henry was again. Eight games played. Finishes the RB14 still in half PPR scoring formats. That's absurd. It's ridiculous. The question really all becomes, and it comes back to what we were talking about at this point last year as well, how long can he continue to produce at an elite level? When does the drop-off happen? Is the workload going to catch up to him? All of those things considered, is Derrick Henry, if you are going into your dynasty startup draft, 
Is he someone that you are still comfortable taking as your RB1 on your roster? It's close, right? Because he is 28 years old. He has a million touches on him in college in the NFL. It's just whatever he plays, he's going to be a really good bet to score a touchdown and go over 100 yards. So it's hard to ignore him. But I think if I am drafting Henry, let's say as a fringe RB1, I want to pair him with an upside guy. You know, maybe somebody like Travis Etienne or somebody like that, you know, as my RB2. But I think, Kyle, we have probably one more year, maybe, maybe two years of him being an RB1 before he kind of falls off the cliff. But uh, I, I still I still have my belief in him for the 2022 season. It's so funny. Like, I feel like we've been saying about that about Derrick Henry for the last like two years, you know, like yeah. I think we got one more year of him, two year years, maybe. And then it just continue. He just continues to defy all logic as far as what he's doing. And I think you bring up an interesting point there as far as strategy. If you are going to take Derrick Henry as the RB one in a dynasty startup draft for your team, you're going to be set up to compete pretty close, like pretty right away. Right. But I do think that taking the shots with some of those other running backs later on, who are younger, who you are, are, you are able to balance out your roster there a little bit and take some of those shots with the younger guys as well. I think that's a good strategy and a good point to make. You wanted to talk about Nick Chubb here. So Nick Chubb here in your top 10, uh, just solid and steady, right? Solid and steady when he is on the field, but it does he have the upside really to move much higher than this, right? I've got him at 11. So right in the same range, I don't know if he's someone that I feel truly comfortable saying like, yeah, he's going to be a top five fantasy football running back, but I don't see that he could fall outside of the top 12 right. either. I feel like he's just kind of set in there as someone that we feel extremely safe about. Yeah, I think he's a low end RB one that's going to be as safe as it gets, right? I mean, he's not going to do a lot in the passing game and that's okay. Uh, he has gone over at least 1100 yards in every single season, at least eight touchdowns in every year. Uh, he has dealt with some injuries, but it's been fairly healthy throughout his career. Just doesn't have the upside of some of the other guys in this list, but Listen, if you if you need a running back at the end of your round one startups or if you need to go out and make a trade, I think Chubb is a, a really a really good player and a really good value right now in your dynasty leagues. All right, let's move on to another player in this list, Austin Eckler. And what Eckler did this past season is just absurd. Like I can go back and look at my projections for Austin Eckler and they were very similar, at, you know, at the beginning of the season. They were very similar to what he had done in years past, right? Not a ton of rushing touchdowns. He was going to get a ton of work through the year. He was probably going to score plenty of receiving touchdowns, but someone that you felt really safe with, especially in full PPR formats. And then it seemed like everything with his role just like flipped this past year. And he was suddenly the one of the main guys in the red zone at the running back position, like what 20 total touchdowns yep. for Austin Eckler this season. Absolutely absurd. So my question for you is heading into next year, do we think that his role kind of stays the same or do we see Los Angeles say, okay, that was a lot of touches for Austin Eckler at his size and at his age too. Do we bring in a complimentary piece? If Melvin Gordon leaves Denver, do we bring Melvin Gordon back? Right? Like mm-hmm. what do, what do you think that looks like heading into 2022 and beyond? Yeah. So he had 276 touches this year in 16 games. I actually feel like that's the right amount. I feel like his body can handle that. Now they might bring in somebody to, to handle some more of the short yardage work, the goal line work and, yeah, you're probably not going to see 20 touchdowns next year. That's probably going to regress a little bit. But somebody who could still average five and a half yards a touch is still going to get 70 receptions or so. I, I just feel really safe about Austin Eckler in my lineups, especially with Justin Herbert as, as the quarterback. So I have absolutely no problem if somebody wants to rank him inside of the top four, top three, uh, because there's a lot of safety there in the passing game work. Uh, he's going to get a, a good amount of touches on a good offense. 
right, the last player that you had in this tier, and I mentioned that we would talk about him, is Javante Williams. You yeah. have him at RB6 in your dynasty rankings. Why do we have Javante Williams here at this point? Uh, and I, I think you mentioned, like we were talking before we started recording, Javante Williams' ADP in Dynasty, according to Dynasty League Football, is RB2 off the board or something like that. Like, it's just absurd. So I want to get your thoughts here on Javante Williams. And I guess, like, we got 10 minutes left of this podcast. We might spend all 10 minutes talking about Javante Williams, but because he is one of the most interesting players in Dynasty heading into this offseason. Give me your thoughts on Javante Williams and why he's at RB6 for you. All right, so I thought what I was doing my rankings, like, I... I'm probably going to be lower on Javante. I'll rank him six. I know the upside there. And then after I put together my rankings, I went to Dynasty League Football just to kind of cross compare. It's like, holy cow, Javante's at two. It uh, That doesn't make sense to me. He's 11 overall right now in Dynasty League Football. Again, ridiculously high. I, I get the upside, right? Like if the right quarterback and the right coach comes in, he could explode. Like he's a super efficient, you know, he's a super talented running back. He's only 21 years old. I get it, um, but even even this at six, or it feels a little bit high because he only had two games this year of 75 or more rushing yards. Uh, it's a big projection, but we're kind of having the same thoughts that we did about Jonathan Williams, or excuse me, Jonathan Taylor last year to a, a little bit of a lesser degree. I like Jonathan Williams, or Javante Williams. I don't like him as much as everybody else does. It's interesting. I feel like there are three doors that need to be opened in order for Javante Williams to return value or to be justified going as the RB2 overall in in Dynasty drafts, right? Like, And that is the right coach, like you mentioned. All right, we got Vic Fangio out, so we need the right coach. We get an offensive mind in here. Okay, he can absolutely return that value. Okay, now we need a better quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, they're not cutting it. We need a better quarterback. Is that Aaron Rodgers? Is that, you know, whatever. Like, okay, that's the other door. Okay, I can see that happening. Then also the third door is Melvin Gordon needs to leave. Like if we, if we have, maybe the coaching staff will look at Melvin Gordon and say, okay, we want to, we want to lean on Javante Williams, but it's not like Melvin Gordon was a bad running back this year. Like he deserved to have those touches. So I think all three of those doors need to be open for Javante Williams to be, you know, to return that value at RB2 off the board. For context, I have him down at RB10 in my dynasty rankings. I would absolutely love to have Javante Williams on my dynasty roster. I have him in a couple of spots, and I'm extremely excited. However, I'm going to be a little bit more cautious here and temper my expectations because, like I mentioned, those three doors have to be open in order for Javante Williams to be a top five dynasty running back. I just don't want to rank that right now. And I I completely agree with you. I will say this, though. You have a 21-year-old running back who started one game this year and went over 1,200 scrimmage yards. So even if his role just expands a little bit, like if we're seeing two or three more touches a game, this could easily be a guy that's 13, 1,400 yards, double-digit touchdowns. And with his age, I I get why people are excited because you could see the next three years always being these – 1400 yard seasons with double digit touchdowns. And listen, that's probably going to be a top five running back every single year. So I don't necessarily see the upside of some of these other running backs that I have ranked higher, but I do think the floor is relatively high for Javante. For sure. We know the talent is there. It's just a matter of that opportunity. And again, the things breaking the right way for him. Okay. Let's take a look here at the final five players in your dynasty running back ranking. So walk us through five through one, then we'll talk about some of the noteworthy names. In yeah. There. Uh, number five is Delvin cook at number four is Christian McCaffrey. Three is Deandre Swift. Two is Najee Harris. And then at number one, of course, is Jonathan Taylor. 
Yeah, I don't know if we need to talk a ton about Jonathan Taylor, no. man. Uh, it's pretty self-explanatory with uh, with him being ranked there as RB1. I think that that is locked in stone. But the interesting name here, right, and these are names that we've talked about for a long time with Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey. Both of them have some injury concerns. I've got Dalvin Cook at six. However, the difference here is Christian McCaffrey. You've got him at four. I've got him at eight. Okay, so it's still someone that I absolutely want to like have on my roster. However, we have to be concerned at this yep. point about the injuries uh, and about the workload and, and how they correlate, right? Is the workload feeding into the injuries for Christian McCaffrey? So talk to me about RB4 off the board. That is still someone that you are completely all in on building around. Kind of. I, I, <laughs> I, I feel like there's a big gap for me. Dante Taylor's in a tier by himself. And I really feel like Najee is kind of in a tier by himself. And then there's another one. And it's Swift, it's Kamara, it's, I mean, it's, it's Cook, McCaffrey. Listen, I, under, I understand. McCaffrey's played 10 games over the last two seasons. That's pretty terrifying, especially for a running back who has as many touches as he does, who's going to turn 26 before he takes his next NFL snap. I get it. The thing with McCaffrey is every time that he's healthy and playing, we're probably going to rank him as the RB one for that week, right? Like he's just so efficient. He gets so many touches and the Panthers are invested in him, Like they've got a lot of money spent in McCaffrey. So they're going to want to get him in the ball as much as possible. So the injury concerns are valid. They're worrisome, but I just think his upside is higher than any other running back in, in fantasy football right now. To your point, I think that there is the potential that the workload comes down slightly but if they do go out and get Deshaun Watson, like everything that we talked about last offseason with David Tepper as the owner of the Carolina Panthers was that he wants to solve that quarterback position. He wants to win, and he knows that the quarterback position is the key to it. Now, they took a shot on Sam Darnold, certainly did not work out. Cam Newton, we know that he's pretty much done. So exactly. I think at this point, like they could go out and acquire Deshaun Watson this season. They could make a significant push for one of the Russell Wilson, if he leaves Seattle, Aaron Rodgers, whatever. Like they're going to do everything they can to fix that position. So even in that instance, if we have Christian McCaffrey take a step down from the workload that he's had, but the scoring opportunities go up because the offense is just absolutely unstoppable at that point. Then I think Christian McCaffrey, you, you mentioned it perfectly. Like, any week that he's playing, he's going to be a top two running back. It's going to be Jonathan Easily. Taylor. It's going to be Chris McCaffrey. And it's going to be matchup dependent as far as which one's at one, which one's at two. The The issue is, can you comfortably rely on Chris McCaffrey because of the injury concerns that we have moving forward? That's the other side of it. The last one here that I want to talk about in this tier is Najee Harris. And mm -hmm. with Najee, I've got him at four. So right as a top five guy, someone that I feel completely comfortable building my dynasty roster around everything that we saw this past year is that he can be that Derrick Henry guy, right? That Derrick Henry from a workload perspective, not from a yeah. production standpoint, but from a workload perspective to handle 381 touches in his rookie season. That's absurd. So long-term, not just in 2022, because I think he's going to be fine in 2022 and in a little bit further, but long-term here, let's take the three-year window view on Najee Harris. Do you have concerns about him absorbing that much work in this offense? No, I think he can handle it. That's that's his rookie contract, basically, with the Steelers. And I think Pittsburgh's just going to use him up as much as they, they can and probably be done with him. I know it's a terrible way to say that, but it's right. probably no, the way I that most yeah. NFL teams are going to handle it. The, the reason I have Najee at two is there's just so much safety here, right? Like, if you're getting that much workload, it doesn't even really matter if you're efficient or not. Like, this year, we saw him average 3.9 yards per carry behind one of the league's worst offensive lines. And he still almost totaled 1,700 yards and almost in double-digit touchdowns. Like, right. 
I don't really care if Pittsburgh's not improving the offensive line, if the quarterback play is not better next year. It, it almost doesn't matter if they're going to continue giving him this workload. He's been really durable throughout his NFL career or through you know football career. Yep. I just think it, he's probably not going to finish as a top two or three running back next year. But that's not why I'm ranking him at two. I'm ranking him at two because I feel the best that he's going to finish as a top five, top six running back, more so than DeAndre Swift, who has some injury concern. Christian McCaffrey, who's been banged up. Alvin Kamara, who's missed time. Dalvin Cook, who's missed time. I just feel like he's the safest of all those other options. Especially after this past year where we had so many of those top guys go down with injury. Uh, And if you played fantasy football this year, you know that having one of the guys who was just on the field was a huge advantage for you at the running back position. So Najee Harris, you're absolutely correct. As far as his durability moving forward, that's someone that you can comfortably rely on. It's, it's going to take a lot for him to miss some time. This is a guy that has just been incredibly durable and can absorb a massive workload. He feels like early career Ezekiel Elliott, maybe not the explosive Elliott that we saw in 2016, but like 2017, 2018, 2019 version of Zeke. I think that's what you're getting in Najee. I'm interested to see what Pittsburgh does this offseason, right? We Big Ben's most likely done uh, in Pittsburgh. And so Thank like, goodness. yeah, we can say, <laughs> hey, what, what, is, what do they do moving forward? Do they fix the offensive line? Who do they bring in at quarterback? Like that's going to affect exactly how high Najee Harris will finish, right? They If they make massive investments into the offensive line, if they bring in a high level quarterback, then I think that we could talk about Najee Harris pushing maybe even Jonathan Taylor, Chris McCaffrey for that number one overall spot because of his workload, because of the scoring opportunities in the offense. If they don't make those investments, if they don't do the right things around this offense and they can't fix the quarterback position moving forward, they say they have Mason Rudolph out there next year, then I think that Najee Harris isn't going to bring you the upside necessarily, but an absolutely, absolutely high floor. All right, so that is your top 20 dynasty running back rankings. There was one player that I wanted to talk about here as far as a notable omission. And it's not necessarily someone that is like super glaring, but that's Clyde edwards Hilaire, right? Mm-hmm. And CEH going from, I mean... Two years ago, coming into the NFL, when we found out the landing spot, he was, what, a locked-in top 10 dynasty running back? Easy. And now, for me, I've got him at 18, so just inside that threshold. Where exactly does CEH fall for you, and do we think that he can bounce back? Yeah, I've got him at 24 right now, and I'm a little bit less optimistic that he will. This is somebody who's now missed time, significant time, in his first two years in the NFL, Every time somebody else gets a shot in that Kansas City offense, they look good, like Darrell Williams, Derek Gore. My guess is that the Chiefs are just never going to lean into Clyde being the workhorse guy. And if they continue to split touches and they're giving other guys receptions in the passing game and he's not getting the goal line work, I don't know how he can be a consistent RB2. So I I love the talent. I just have to see it before I can rank him inside the top 20. It's interesting. I, you know, you talk about a change of scenery for Saquon Barkley. I wonder if a change of scenery for Clyde Edwards Hilaire, because I think with him, I've talked about this in the past where it's like, if he was with a a quarterback who was a check down guy, right. A a player who consistently featured the running back position out of the backfield as a receiver. I think that's where CEH could be a top 12 fantasy football running back. Like he could be Austin Eckler, right. He could be that type of player because that's his best trait is his receiving ability and, and his elusiveness in the open field him being this guy surrounded by so many other dynamic players. And when you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, you're pushing the ball deep downfield. So I don't know if he is ever going to be that guy here in Kansas city. We'll review him as a top 12 player. I think that he's going to have to end up somewhere else, maybe on his second contract where then we can look at him and say, okay, this is what we, this is what Kansas city should have been doing with CEH in order for his fantasy value to skyrocket. So, all right, bold prediction time here for you. As you look at your top 20 players at the running back position, which player, outside of the top 20 
at this time next year is going to be in the top 12. Let's call your shot here. Which player outside of your top 20 dynasty running back rankings can you see finishing inside the top 12 or landing inside the top 12 at this time next year? Yeah, I think the easy answer is Travis Etienne, right? Like we just didn't see him at all during a rookie season. If we go back to Clemson, one of the most productive running backs that we've ever seen come out of college. I think from the moment that he plays his first snap in the NFL, we're going to see him shoot right up the rankings, right? We got James Robinson coming off a big injury. Uh, he's he's just got more speed and athleticism than anybody in that backfield. It's just an injury and a waiting thing. So I think as soon as he plays, I'm probably going to rank him inside of the top 12 because if it comes down to, for me, like, I don't know, Antonio Gibson or Travis Etienne, I just think Etienne's the more talented player. And I think we'll see that play out next year. He certainly has the big playability. I'm interested to see what this offense looks like next year because there is a lot that needed to change uh, and they're starting to make the moves. Let's yep. see if they make the right move here at coaching. Uh, they're interviewing Bill O'Brien, uh, I think, as we speak. So Yikes. maybe maybe not the right move. <laughs> All right, that will do it for today's episode. Marcus, thank you so much for taking some time out, man, and uh, and talking Dynasty running back rankings here. What do you have going on that you want to tell the people about? Yeah, I mean, you can check us out at Locked on Dynasty with Kate Badjuk, Matt uh, Williamson, Ryan McDowell. We do show every single day, so go ahead and, uh, to listen to that. We got the NFL playoffs, so content at the, the game day. We got Locked on Cowboys. It's a busy time of the year, Kyle. There we go. All right, man. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. That will do it for today's episode. For Marcus Mosher, I'm Kyle Yates, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.